the Physician's Road. Create your life in medicine, on your own terms. Today, we are on the path of personal development. Today, on the Physician's Road podcast, we talk to Dr. David Draginis from Doctors Unbound about how a busy physician can host not only a podcast, but also two other online properties. We get into how and why he got started, how his marriage and fatherhood played an integral role in his growth and maturity, and how he uses real estates, specifically vacation rentals, to create and maintain wealth in his household. You don't want to miss this journey down the path of personal development. The Physician's Road is brought to you by Vernonville Asset Management. Vernonville Asset Management was created to help physicians build wealth and create income beyond Wall Street. Through our exclusive private investments, doctors can begin to free themselves from the burdensome regulations in healthcare by creating income streams independent of medicine. Go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get your free report, Wall Street's Biggest Lie. Again, go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get Wall Street's Biggest Lie and free yourself today. Welcome everyone to the Physician's Road podcast. Today we're on the path of personal development and we're here with Dr. David Draginis uh, from Doctors Unbound. Uh, so he's a fellow podcaster. I'd like to say that the fraternity and sorority of physician podcasters is small but growing and we all try to support each other. Um, he's had me on his podcast twice now so it's only right that I bring him on today to, uh, to, to, to bless our listeners with his wisdom. And so we're going to talk a little bit about kind of Doctors Unbound and some other things that he's done in the past as well. And so, David, introduce yourself to the Physicians Road audience. Hey, Dr. Tay, thank you for uh, having me guest on your show. I'm super excited to be here. I'm happy for the opportunity. Um, Like you mentioned, I'm a fellow physician. I'm an anesthesiologist out of the uh, Dallas area. Uh, my podcast, Doctors Unbound, has been up and going for a little over six months now, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, I highlight physicians doing interesting stuff, and uh, I'm super excited to be here. Perfect. And so you're an anesthesiologist. How long have you been out? Just kind of give folks uh, kind of where you are in your career arc. Sure. So uh, my background is that I trained at LA County USC back on the West Coast. Uh, After my time with residency, I I did do an HPSP military scholarship. So I owed the Navy some time. I got the the benefit of going down to San Diego, really, really hard tour there. (laughs) But but I got stationed in San Diego for about three and a half years, uh, where I was at the big Naval Medical Center down there, Uh, got to work with some awesome physicians and uh, staff there and just take care, obviously, of, of great people, our servicemen and their families. And after I finished that commitment, then we were looking at private practice and uh, we knew we wanted to start a family, looking for a great uh, kind of great cost of living area. And uh, we ended up in Dallas and have been very, very happy out here. So I'm about a decade uh, out, of, uh, out of residency training um, and uh, yeah, really enjoying private practice in the Dallas area. Got it. Perfect. So we're both non-Texans who are now in Texas. Uh, it seems to be a, a common theme these days uh, around the country. Yes, there are a lot of transplants moving, uh, probably in your Houston area, but certainly here in my North Dallas area. Uh, you know, when I'm out in town getting a haircut or something like that, I like to ask people, hey, are you from here or, or did you come here from somewhere? And I'm just surprised at the answers I get really from all over the country. Yep, absolutely. It's a, it's a bit of a culture clash in Texas these days with all these uh, people coming from outside. But I would say, 
Texas is a very friendly place with friendly people. So uh, the transition has not been bad. I'm almost 20 years in now here. So uh, coming up this August when I came from medical school. So very interesting. And so, you know, the usual anesthesiologist isn't out here with uh, some, you know, online things and podcasts. And, (laughs) you know, how, how did this happen? So I think the the initial seed came from uh, from a friend of mine, another anesthesiologist, who recommended the four hour work week, and uh, you know he mentioned that title. Um, I don't know if I went to Amazon or a bookstore, and I you know and I pulled the book and I looked I looked at the uh, at the picture there with two palm trees and a hammock, and I, and I saw the title and I'm like, gosh, this looks so scammy. So I, I would honestly I would have never picked up the book if it hadn't been recommended by somebody that uh, uh, I knew and respected. So I was like, well, okay, you know. Let's get it and see. And and really, uh, the ideas in that book uh, were were very interesting to me. The idea that you know through an online business or even an online website project, what have you, we can have such a large impact. Um, and that really kind of got the seeds, you know, the seed of thought going for me. Um, you know, how can I do this? How can I apply this and and do something that is impactful? Um, so the initial, the initial project that I did is I started with another physician friend of mine and we noticed that certain anesthesia patients were showing up extremely anxious for surgery. Um, and so when I started digging into it a little bit more, I realized that they were Googling all sorts of things online, a lot of misinformation, a lot of stuff that were half truth or, or not true and, and really contributing to their anxiety. So, so we came up with this website called anesthesia myths to, uh, basically put out just informational stuff uh, for, for people about anesthesia and kind of simple to understand language. Because I'm sure you can appreciate anesthesia is such a, such a technical and sometimes almost like a mythical field. Uh, you know, if, if, if you don't do it, if you're not in the operating room, it's really hard to understand, you know, what we do and what it's all about. Oh, absolutely. I mean, have you all figured out exactly how the, the meds work yet? <laughs> we we know they worked. So I, I think some of the theories behind it, it seems like every every few years there's uh you know there's a new theory. Gotcha. And so repeat the name of that what is that is that site still up and going for you? That site is still up. It's called Anesthesia Myths. What's great about that site is that the content on there is pretty much evergreen. Um so it's loaded with with quite a bit of information and I you know with my new project with family with kids it's it's a little bit hard to you know, to post regularly on there, but, uh, you know, what's on there is evergreen. And whenever I see something new, if, you know, if there's a new issue that comes up related to anesthesia, then, uh, then I'll go ahead and write an article about it and post it there. Got it. And are you still in partnership with the physician that you started with? You know, I'm not, he, um, he decided not to continue with it. It was all very amicable. It was just a matter of, of time. And, you know, we, we all have to make this decision, you know, where do you want to spend your time? It's, it's our most precious resources. And so he decided that, uh, he didn't want to, uh, you know, pursue it further. Um, I did have another physician, another, another friend of mine, who's an anesthesiologist, wonderful guy who has come on and he's done some videos. So we, we thought, Let's see if people respond to video as a as a method of um, you know giving out this information. And so he's done a series of videos for us, um, and those have been really well received as well. Got it. And so what? And so we'll get kind of into more technical terms here a little bit. So what was your what were you trying to accomplish with that site? Who was it you were trying to impact, and how did you want to impact them? Sure. So the so the target audience for that site is really 
um, lay people. So anybody who they themselves either had surgery or are about to have surgery or maybe their family members. Um, and, you know, there's a certain subset of patients, like I said, it's not just the anxious, but sometimes people, you know, they've had surgery and, you know, gosh, I've got this sore throat and I'm five days out and I still have this really bad sore throat and people start searching for stuff. So it's, it's really aimed at, not at anesthesia professionals, um, but at people who are just looking for kind of, you know, more information about anesthesia topics. Okay. And have you been able to quantify, not more from a fulfillment standpoint, the impact that you've had on people with this? You know, I think it's had a pretty significant impact in the sense that, and and you probably, you know, know a little bit about this, um, as far as like the Google search algorithms, for a while we were, for anesthesia side effects, we were the number one spot in Google. That's since changed because, you know, because Google goes through all their uh, algorithm changes and, you know, and they, they reward you and they punish you and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, as far as traffic, the site has seen pretty decent amount of traffic. Um, you know, people write in from all over the world. So that's been really kind of interesting to have people either comment on a post or actually send us an email, um, you know, talking about, you know, whatever topic they're struggling with the anesthesia. And of course, I'm very quick to tell them this is medical information only. This is not intended to replace your personal physician. Um, but so, so I try to always frame things in, in that, um, in that way. So it's like, you know, this is what, is likely this is what's common after this type of procedure or you know these are the topic these are the common side effects not like you have this Um, so so i'm really careful to frame it that way because really you know me you know on a computer halfway across the world i'm not going to be able to replace their personal physician and diagnose what they have nope absolutely i mean i I think that's a good lesson for anyone out there who is in the uh, blogging space coaching space any of those kinds of things making sure that you have those disclaimers um, far and wide uh, that so that people understand that you are not creating a physician a patient physician relationship with them and so is there a specific end game for this particular site you, where, where, where do you where do you want to take it I would like to see it get a little bit more popular um, just from the traffic standpoint that would allow me to monetize it a little bit better um, and if I did that then I could dump some more resources in it and so if, if I can you know maybe double the traffic um, then it would allow me to go to some different ad networks maybe or, or seek out some different ways to monetize um, and then that would allow me to you know maybe hire some people um, and really kind of take it to the next level so yeah. that would be that would be great because you know I see that there's definitely a need um, you know it seems like every week if not every day somebody's writing in and they've got some questions so All right. sur- sur- surgeries and anesthesia aren't going away anytime soon no time soon. And so now let's let's pivot to Doctors Unbound. So um, so this would be the second, iter- not iteration, but second foray um, into kind of the social media space. Why Doctors Unbound? Yeah, it's interesting. With, with that first one, you know, I think we got enough of a taste of success and uh, got, got rid of enough of the fears because I think there's a lot of physicians out there who, like you said, medical legal reasons, uh, maybe the idea that you're, you're kind of putting yourself out there and what will my colleagues think, um, you know, what will, you know, people in my group think, what have you. So they're, they're very fearful of doing something like this. So once anesthesia mist got all that kind of out of the way, um, and there's a couple of reasons for Doctors Unbound. Um, I wanted to do a podcast uh, because it was n- definitely not a perceived strength of mine. And it was something that I wanted to work on. I, I, I saw it, how podcasts were growing, how they were engaging. Um, and 
um, like I said, it was something where I felt like it was something that I need to work on and improve. And what better way to do it than to just kind of throw yourself in the deep end. Um, and then as far as topic uh, for the podcast and, and what it's centered around, I just looked around and I personally, it scratched an itch for me, right? Like I've just been really curious about what physicians are doing out there. I've met some pretty awesome people within my sphere. And so I thought there's got to be more physicians out there who are doing really interesting things. I mean, you know, I've gotten to interview seven figure finance bloggers that are physicians. I've gotten to interview politicians who are affecting national healthcare policy and really the policy of our entire country who are physicians. Um, so it's been really, really cool to be able to talk to these people and then get nuggets of wisdom, deconstruct kind of their career paths. Because I think as physicians, that's something that, you know, that a lot of us are looking for. Um, some of us want to try these different things. Um, sometimes the mentors may or may not be immediately available. And this is a way I felt that I could, number one, inspire the physician community, highlight, highlight them as well, and then create, um, you know, a repository where this knowledge can be a little bit more freely exchanged. Perfect. And what has the response been so far in these in these this first year of uh, of of being out there? So the re so the response has been awesome. I've been going I think six or seven months now, and I started with uh, really no following, no email list, no very little social media uh, following. I'm personally more of an introvert. So I, prior to doing this, you, you, you know, I didn't even have a Facebook account, maybe, you know, up to about a year before I started this. So, you know, kind of very much on the private side. So all of that kind of had to change a little bit. You kind of have to put yourself out there a little bit more. You have to grow a little bit thicker skin. Um, so that, that, those were some things I had to overcome, but, uh, you know, I'll say like every month, for the last five or six months, we've seen increased downloads. So it's just been amazing to see, um, you know, the response that people are discovering it, they're enjoying it, they're sticking around. I think they're telling others because I'm not really marketing it in any other way other than posting on my, you know, small social media network. So I've been really encouraged by that. I've been encouraged by physicians and other folks that have reached out to me um, saying they enjoy the podcast and things like that. Um, and really, really um, learning from and being able to network with the guests that I have on. So all of it has been really, really fantastic. And if anybody out there is considering a podcast, um, I would definitely encourage you to do it. And I'm sure Dr. Tate would be able to help you out. And if you want to, you know, if you want to get with me and, and find me, contact me, I'd be happy to help you as much as I can. Perfect. That's great. Um, I'm glad to hear because we've literally been launched almost a month now and I have, I have yet to actually do any of the social media push out for any of this stuff. Um, and I think we're about to crack a thousand downloads. Um, I think we have eight or nine episodes. So um, that organic reach is a big thing. And so uh, I guess you and I can network offline about that uh, with that. And so your, is it going where you want it to go? Is this, is this what you envision for it to be? I think so. I mean, you know, it's not like I started this and there was like this very detailed path. Um, if I had that, it would probably, <laughs> it'd probably go by the wayside within a month or two anyways. But um, I've, I've really been impressed with, you know, either reaching out to guests or having guests reach out to me, really how open most physicians are. Um, I find that most physicians are very giving of themselves, of their time, of their knowledge. Um, so that has been really, really special um, to see. So, um, you know, I'm 
firm believer in baby steps, making baby steps, you know, every month, um, you know, improving, hopefully improving the quality of my podcast as, as I get better. Um, and, uh, improving the quality of the guests too. So yeah, it's been going great. Good. And so let's talk about, uh, I'm sure your lens kind of go organically, but um, what what effect would you like to have your podcast have on your target target audience? Sure. So I think the kind of the first level, if people are going to listen to the podcast, hopefully they're going to get some nuggets of wisdom or inspiration, something that can help them advance in their career. You know, I've, I've had people who are MBAs, physician executives, like I said, just a very wide. Uh, array of guests. And hopefully physicians find something that is interesting to them. They they might find a guest on there who is doing something that they are thinking about doing. So from the podcast, maybe they can get two or three tips, even if it's just one tip to help them move them along that path. I think that would be fantastic. Now, do I have other sort of ideas down the road? Yeah, I do. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about a Facebook group, a way to maybe create a community where things can become more actionable. Um, because you listen to a podcast and, you know, you're in the car or you're exercising or what have you. Um, and then, you know, what do you do from there? So, so I'm, you know, as this builds out, those are some things that I'm thinking about. How do I create maybe a community where people can come together a little bit more, learn and at, you know, and, and take action a little bit better. Um, those are some of the things that I'm thinking about. Don't, have all the pieces yet figured out um, because I want to create something of quality. So I'm not rushing into it. Um, I'd, I'd rather kind of take a little bit longer and put out something that is very valuable. That is great. And so kind of organic growth and kind of letting, letting it happen and letting, I guess, the people who are interacting with you kind of guide in, in some ways in terms of what it is that they like, would that be about where you'd be with that? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a pretty good summation. Okay. Now, so you're a busy anesthesiologist. You've got two kind of online platforms or, or social media platforms. What else is in your life? <laughs> what else is going on, right? Well, well, first of all, I have an amazing wife. Um, I wouldn't be able to do this if I didn't have that support there. She's phenomenal. Uh, we have three small children. So that right there should tell you something, you know, a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a one and a half-year-old. And they're amazing. They're awesome. Um, love spending time with them, um, but that's that's a lot of work too. Um, so so she picks up the slack when when I've got to do some podcasting stuff, and of course I do anesthesia full time. Um, so so I have an amazing partner who just uh, understands and kind of sees this vision, sees what I'm trying to accomplish. She she sees that this is something that's very important to me. And so um, that support there is is tremendous. And when I first started, started out being the person who's looking at me and in a loving way say, Hey, that doesn't sound so good. <laughs> but then I can look at her and say, that's okay. I'm going to get better. And, you know, and then 10, 20 episodes in, you know, she's listening as I'm editing. And then she says, Hey, you're sounding a lot better now. So <laughs> you're sounding a lot more relaxed. And so, uh, having somebody who is loving, but who can give you that sort of honest feedback, that's important too. So it sounds like you have a true partnership with your wife. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm pretty, you, pretty blessed. Well, and so let's go there. How, how did you cultivate that? How did that, how did that come about? How did, how were you able to, to create that within your marriage? That's, that's a good question. That's a, that's a deep question. I don't know if I have all the answers there. Um, Just give us your answers. So for us, um, you know, we have a very strong faith. We're, we're both 
you know, we're both of the same faith. And um, I think going into the marriage, we both knew that not only do we love each other and love the Lord, but we also had a priority on our marriage. And so we were going into it with the knowledge that, you know, this, this is a forever thing for both of us because marriage is a, is a tough thing. It's, it, you know, it's a beautiful thing, but it's not always easy. And so I, I remember our first year was very rough, you know, and I think that's probably the case for, for many marriages. That first year is rough. So, so just to give you a little bit of a background there, you know, I got married at the tail end of residency and then as soon as I got married, within a couple months, I was a new attending, moving to a new city as a military physician. And I had to go do my officer indoctrination training uh, within a couple months, and I was gone for, you know, a month and a half. And so now it was up to her to get us through all the moving. Um, and again, all of this was new for her, right? I mean, a marriage, even though it's a beautiful thing, is a stressful event in people's lives. And so we were dealing with, with so many new and moving parts. Uh, that first year was pretty rough. Um, but we both knew that, um, you know, if, if we loved each other, that we would get through it. Um, our communication is so much better. We, you know, we learned each other's personalities. We learned what pushes each other's buttons and, and how to say things. Um, so all of that stuff you learn. And if you have somebody who's invested um, you know, in, in the marriage, um, then really that's, that's going to be your best bet because there's, there's going to be some rough spots, but, uh, you get through them. So it sounds like you had the, tri- the, 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 at least a double, possibly triple whammy. So moving marriage, uh, at least you didn't have a death or a child because those are like the top stressful things you can possibly have happen. And then you went into the military. So, uh, yeah, it was a lot in that first year. Um, and so it sounds like you're saying that you all made a decision that you all were going to be in this thing together and through making that decision and staying with that decision that each are willing to kind of work to make sure that it, it works for both of you all. Absolutely. And, and like I said, you know, as you know, we've been married a little over 11 years now, we just, we just got back from the Texas Hill country celebrating our 11th year anniversary. First time there it was a pretty awesome place. If you haven't been, definitely check it out. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, when, when you know the other person's committed and when you, and when you see, um, you, you see the things that they do to, to care for you, then that just builds the relationship. Right. Oh, so great. Now, so where, which, which town were you in? Were you in Bernie or grain or. So we started off in, um, what's the place right on the, right on the river there, right on the water. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the name, but then, Comal, uh... but basically we were, we're basically within an earshot of uh, Fredericksburg. Mm-hmm. And then we did a little bit of the wine country there. And then we went up to, I think it was Longhorn uh, Cavern State Park. Uh, really, really interesting. They've got some caves there. We, we didn't get there enough time to, to actually go through them, but just going to the mouth of them and just che- checking out the scenery there. It's, uh, it's really a unique part of Texas. It's really quite, quite cool. Yep. And so I'm sure some people listening don't even realize Texas has wineries. So yes, Texas does have wineries. Um, and so let's talk about, so how has fatherhood changed you? You know, I think as, you know, as physicians, as people, you know, in the medical field, we tend to be very driven and, um, you know, at least looking at myself kind of growing up and going through my training prior to getting married. And then we were married for a while before we had kids. Um, there's a certain level of selfishness that you have to have. And what I mean by that is you have to be able to just, 
you know, make time to study, make time to be disciplined and, you know, learn the material that's going to make you a good doctor. So that requires, you know, a lot of, a lot of saying no to other people, just, just kind of being self is kind of the way I call it is just being selfish with your time so that you can achieve what you need to achieve because it's not easy to become a physician. Um, so I always kind of had that down. Um, but when you have children, you know, you realize that this thing is way bigger than just you. Um, and you know, as I've pondered fatherhood, you know, more and more, and first of all, you never feel ready, even though we had kids a little bit later in life. Um, you know, you never feel ready what you know, to have that kid, but you, you know, you do just fine. Um, but I, but I realized that the decisions that I make can affect not only myself, they can affect my family and even generations to come. And so that has been really profound for me as I try to, um, you know, impart to them, you know, values, try to be loving, try to, you know, provide everything for them so that they can be, you know, the best adults that they can be. I guess we can go a little deep on it because you said you like to talk about fatherhood. So what is your, what is your vision for your children? What do you, what do you wish for them in the future? So, you know, as, as, as far as, you know, raising them and things like that, um, creating, you know, an environment that, you know, is great for them to thrive. So obviously having a loving home, um, I'm big on getting them their rest. They, we have sleeping schedules so that they can sleep very well. I think that's very important, especially in the early years. Um, nutrition, obviously, you know, but most of us here, we're very fortunate in the U.S. developed a country that's usually not an issue. Um, and, and one thing that I've really been focused on is mindset is how do I give them the proper mindset to succeed? Um, one book that's been influential for me was ironically called Mindset. It's by Carol Dweck. And she talks about fixed versus growth mindset. And as I was reading that, I realized that I had some elements of a fixed mindset. And the first step is to be aware of it. And when you're aware of it and you realize it, now you can do something about it. And uh, my oldest is Caitlin. She's five. And um, I noticed that she was having certain elements of a, of a fixed mindset. And so that's what I, you know, for example, strive with her is to get her out of the idea. I try not to tell her, even though she's a smart girl, I try not to tell her you're smart. I try to applaud her effort, applaud her creativity, um, uh, you know, hard work, things like that. And so I'm really trying to shape their mindset. Um, and so, so that, you know, whatever they decide to tackle in life or whatever life throws at them, that they'll be best equipped, you know, to handle it. Perfect. So mindset would be one of the helping them create a resilient, it sounds like mindset is kind of one parenting, parenting philosophy. It sounds like that you are um, trying to instill. Are there any other specific parenting philosophies you're trying to uh, impart? You know, I'm trying I'm tr this is probably something that I need to work on a little bit more is, is to create sort of resilient, gritty kids. I think that's important. Um, and it's hard because there's that part of you that wants you to just rush in there anytime they get a little boo-boo or something like that. But I'm really mindful of that as well. And, you know, if I notice that they've, you know, done a obviously this is not something huge, but, you know, if they've, a little minor, little scrape, a little, little fender bender is just, just to almost like not even notice and see, you know, see how they handle it. Cause a lot of times if, if they see that you're not noticing, then they'll just kind of shake it off. And so, yeah, so I want to create resilient and gritty kids. And I think that sometimes that's uh, a little bit undervalued in our society, but I think it's such an important quality. 
um, you know, if you have toughness, if you got that grit, um, you know, you can get through most anything. And let's face it, life is is not easy and it's not going to get any easier for our kids. So what I'd like to do is cultivate that mindset, um, that growth mindset and combine that with, you know, sort of grittiness, toughness. Um, uh, hopefully that sets them up really well to tackle whatever life hands to them and also for them to, uh, you know, take on whatever it is they want to take on in their life and their careers. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I'm fully with you. Uh, those that know me know I love Montessori education because they do just that. They, they force the kids to, to take agency over who they are and what they what they do at a very early age. Um, and where mistakes are not necessarily punished there, they are because only in kind of school are you punished for either collaboration or making mistakes. And most of the mistakes that we make in the world are what make us stronger and better. And, and it's how we learn. So um, I definitely appreciate your, 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 your two philosophical mindset and resilience when it comes to your children. So let's talk about one of my favorite um, subjects that I see that you also uh, like as well. Let's talk about kind of what you're doing on the real estate side. So you're, 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 you're truly a Renaissance man. So tell us a little bit about real estate and kind of what you're doing and what got you uh, involved with it. Well, I don't, I'm not sure about the Renaissance. I appreciate the compliment. Um, I've always found real estate to be a great vehicle um, for uh, creating and maintaining wealth. Um, I don't know if that comes back to my parents. My, you know, my parents are immigrants, but they they never kind of were into the stock market whole thing. I think it's it's that idea that it's something that you can see, touch, feel, understand. Um, so I think there's that element of it that I'm attracted to. Now I do have some retirement accounts that are, you know, invested in the, you know, the typical mutual funds, all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that's a bad thing. I've, I've, I've got that, that, uh, angle of it covered as well. Um, but when it came to kind of, you know, do my own things on the side, I've always been interested in real estate. And so I've always tried to surround myself with people who know more about it than I do. Cause I've always got something to learn and I've certainly learned from you. So thank you, uh, officially here. I've definitely learned some things about real estate from you and, and I have other friends that I've learned about real estate. Um, so we've, we've got a few rentals um, that we take care of. And up until recently, they've been more kind of long-term rentals, which is the traditional type of thing. But uh, this year we um, ventured into uh, Airbnb, the short-term rental market. And um, we've been doing that here locally near us. And uh, yeah, we, we've been doing pretty well with it. It's been definitely something interesting to learn because it's a whole new thing to learn. You got you got you got to figure it out. It, it'll definitely affect your bottom line. Um, but like you said, you know, it, this ties into partnership earlier. My wife is basically the lead on that, um, and she just has a heart for hosting and, and meeting people, and making them feel welcome, and that's a huge component of it. Um, you know, and then I also am, am pretty involved, kind of behind the scenes and things like that. So it's it's been it's been a great great ride so far, um, and uh, hopefully can uh, pick up some more. Okay, and so it sounds like you have been able to marry what your wife's kind of inclinations and passions are with an activity that one can make you all money and, and build your wealth. Um, uh, but two is also in some ways fun for her. Would that be, uh, would that be accurate? Yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, you know, whenever I'm, uh, I'm thinking about these ideas and investments, I'm always thinking about, you know, my, my team, cause it's not going to be just me. What, you know, who are the players that I have around me in my team that can together, we can succeed. 
um, I think the one, is it the one thing by Gary Keller? I think he, he talks a lot about that. And that's one thing that I really got out of his book. But, um, you know, my wife, you know, she's got wonderful skills in that area. Um, we have my in-laws that are nearby and my father-in-law is an amazing handyman. Um, and my mother-in-law is, is also amazing at just taking care of kind of whatever is necessary around the house, giving us extra childcare, things like that. So, um, you know, I'm trying to utilize the team that I have around me to, uh, to help all of our success. And this is a point that I think I want to make, and I think I want to beat to, 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 to death, especially with physicians. It, in many ways, I see, especially on these, in these Facebook groups, that physicians want to be lone wolves in many ways. If they, they want to try to do everything themselves, want to control everything themselves, and you keep harping on team, that you're not doing anything without a team, you're not doing anything without people or experts around you helping you do what it is that you do. That's why I'm glad we're dropping this in the personal development pathway, um, because what I've found in my own life is that, yes, you as physicians, we are high-achieving people. We can probably do most of the things we want to put our mind to, but the problem is that we will always be the ones doing it, and we can end up being at our wit's end. And so you've done a perfect job of explaining how you have to put together a team, even though a lot of it is within your family and, and, and experts, to be able to extend what it is that you want to do and to reach the dreams that you want to reach. Um, do you want to expound any, any more about team and, and kind of what finding teams in the areas that you have been exploring has done for you? Yeah. And thank you for highlighting that because it's certainly a lesson that it took me a while to learn because I think generally physicians by nature, we're, you know, they say we're like herding cats and there's a reason for that, right? Like most of us have gone into this field because we want to be autonomous. We want to practice medicine the way we want to practice medicine. We don't want a boss. We feel like our whole careers, we've just gotten it done ourselves. And so it's really hard uh, I think sometimes to shift from that mindset into, you know, a mindset that is more appropriate for business or investing, which is, hey, you just don't, it's not that you don't have the, you know, the intellectual capacity to do it. It's just, you don't, you don't have the time, you know, and that may not be your highest worth of time anyways to do certain things. So that's been a lesson that I've learned and I've learned it from reading different business books, investment books, things like that talking and seeking out other physicians, investors, et cetera, that are doing this and, and trying to figure out, you know, how they do it. But yeah, team is, is super critical. Um, if you want to do anything, you know, with investing or real estate or stuff like that. Great. I think it's a great way to end it. And so, uh, the time is getting long and attention spans are short. So I'm going to open the floor to you. What is it that you would like to convey? Cause to your listeners, to my listeners about yourself, the floor is yours. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening uh, to this podcast. Uh, I know Dr. Eric Tate's doing an awesome job here with Physicians Road. I'm so excited that more physicians are getting into podcasting. I'm actually uh, a champion of this. I think it's very, very important. Um, you know, my podcast, Doctors and Band, I'd love to have you check it out. Um, you know, I highlight so many awesome physicians that are doing amazing things. I also bring on experts that can help physicians. So for example, this ties into a lot of our discussion. Uh, my next episode, which we'll uh, release here not too long from now, will be uh, a healthcare attorney and legal coach. And she's going to talk all about like the different things that physicians need to get their website on if they, they're interested in doing some consulting and they're thinking about the medical legal aspects of it. So that's going to be a, a great episode about that. Um, 
And do you have the? Uh, do you know the episode number yet? Because I'm not sure when this is going to air, but do you know your episode number yet, so people can look for it? It's probably going to be 34 or 35. So it's it's the next one coming up for me. Um, Got so, it. And do you so, have a name? So if they need to check to Lisa, yep, uh, her name is Lisa Freely, F R A L E Y. Perfect. Lisa Freely. Um, so go ahead and check out that episode if you're interested more in the uh, you know kind of the medical legal aspects of of venturing online for physicians because I know that's kind of something that's held a lot of people back. It held me back for a long time, and it shouldn't. You know, there, there's some things to put in place to protect yourself, but, um, you know, it shouldn't hold you back. So um, really, if anybody would like to talk to me about anything physician related or podcasting related or online business related, um, you know, I'd be more than happy to. You can contact me at doctorsunbound at gmail.com. You can either look up Doctors Unbound or my name, David Draginis, on any of the social media platforms. Just reach out to me. I would love to uh, interact with you. And uh, once again, Dr. Eric Tate, thank you very much for the opportunity. Absolutely. Please spell your last name for everyone so they can find you. Uh, Sure. Uh, D-R-A-G-H-I-N-A-S. And and we'll have it in the show notes, but for those of you who don't make it to the show notes, we want to make sure that you can find them. So one last time, spell your last name and tell everyone where they can find you. Sure. David Draginis, D-R-A-G-H-I-N-A-S. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, just look up my name or at Draginis. the way we spelled it is on Twitter, or just look up my name on Facebook. I should uh, be there. Thank you. So I, I, I appreciate you being on. I appreciate you you having me as a guest on your uh, podcast. And we, we definitely will have to do this again as we both kind of move forward in this realm um, and kind of check in and kind of see where we are. Um, I want to thank Dr. David Draginis for coming on and, and having the podcast Doctors Unbound. If any of you have any questions for me or for David, please feel free to email us at feedback at thephysiciansroad.com. That is feedback at thephysiciansroad.com. Also, check out our Facebook group. Just put in The Physician's Road and it will come up. And then also, please, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast platform of choice. Uh, And please, give us a review. Five stars, of course, is best as it allows us to rank higher, but let it be an honest review so that we can get out to as many physicians as possible to get this information out into the world. Again, this is Dr. Eric Tate of The Physician's Road. Uh, We're on the path of personal development, and we'll see you next time on The Physician's Road, where you create your life in medicine on your own terms. The Physician's Road is brought to you by Vernonville Asset Management. Vernonville Asset Management was created to help physicians build wealth and create income beyond Wall Street. Through our exclusive private investments, doctors can begin to free themselves from the burdensome regulations in healthcare by creating income streams independent of medicine. Go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get your free report, Wall Street's Biggest Lie. Again, go to IncomeBeyondWallStreet.com to get Wall Street's Biggest Lie and free yourself today. Thank you for listening to The Physician's Road, where you create your life in medicine on your own terms. Please go to thephysiciansroad.com and sign up for your free guides and resources. 